Hello, please start right away. Dr. Sonny. Yes, please go ahead and start. Oh, okay. I was just waiting for the music. Yeah, okay. it, it, it's, for some reason, he, uh, he did not put music. Okay, I'll start now. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Good evening and welcome to Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. This is your host for this evening, Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. It is a pleasure being with you, my brothers and sisters. Our call-in number is 646-668-2413. Again, that's 646-668-2413. That's for anyone who wants to call in and uh, request uh, prayer or even if you have any questions or comments tonight uh, regarding tonight's topic. And tonight's topic is titled, The Promises of God. The Promises of God. And my brothers and sisters, uh, if you have studied the scriptures. There are many promises that our Lord has made uh, concerning his people. Uh, if I may, I would like to uh, go to a scripture in John's Gospel, chapter 14. And I'm going to read the first three verses, which reads, and again, that's uh, the Gospel according to John, chapter 14. And I'm going to read the first three verses. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And that is the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And again, you can find that in John's Gospel, uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. And uh, as we always begin each segment, uh, we start uh, with a word of prayer. And we do this uh, with the expectancy that God is going to show up. And this is our mindset, that we expect the Spirit of the Lord to show up, to bring deeper understanding and revelation uh, to what he wants us to know at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Lord, I thank you for all the, the, the listeners on the air, Lord, and I just pray that, Lord, you would uh, use Kingdom Empowerment Radio, Lord, to open the spiritual eyes and ears of those who are listening, Lord, that, Lord, uh, uh, in this hour, you are bringing forth a word to your people in this time and in this season. Lord, give us ears to listen with, Lord, spiritual ears, Lord, and we just ask that, Lord, you would continue to be glorified, Lord, that you would manifest your presence, Lord, that you would speak to us in this hour, that you would give us instructions on what we are to do in this hour. 
And we just ask these things in your precious and mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, once again, my sisters and brothers, uh, uh, it is a pleasure being with you on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Again, tonight's topic is the promises of God. And just to give those who are joining in uh, for the first time on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, uh, again, my name is Chaplain Kevin Graves. If you're just tuning in, uh, I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. And our purpose here, not just uh, the purpose of uh, the host, myself, Chaplain uh, Graves, uh, but other uh, uh, hosts and hostesses, their purpose is to do one thing, and our mission is to equip and empower the believer to go out and preach the gospel. This is what we do, and this is why uh, uh, when Dr. Ganny, uh, and hello, Dr. Ganny, uh, uh, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. I hope everything is well with you. Thank you, Dr. Sonny Ogbomo, uh, for your service and your sacrifice, man of God, and I just want to say thank you and give honor to uh, to whom honor is due. And uh, it was Dr. Ganny who approached me and, and uh, uh, made this overture uh, to me with regards to Kingdom Empowerment Radio and asked me would I like to be a part of it. And, and uh, <laughs> I was hesitant because uh, I've never done anything like this before, and I consider it to be an honor. It is an honor to equip the believer to to plant a word of hope to plant a word of encouragement to to instruct people uh by the power of the holy spirit uh to go out and to preach the gospel because this is what we should be doing in this hour this is what jesus christ told his disciples to do and he said to go into all the world and to preach the gospel uh not 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 to sit on our knowledge and not to sit on what we've learned, but to go out and share it and, 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 uh, and plant the seed, if you will, and allow the Holy Spirit uh, thereafter to provide the water. Um, so with that said, I do want to get into tonight's topic. And again, uh, for anyone who wants to call in, I'm going to give you our uh, number once again. It is 646-668-2413. Again, 646 646- Six six eight two four one three. I would like to uh, go to and for those who again uh, who, who are tuning in for the first time, uh, as I always say, uh, please have a, a pen and paper ready because uh, what the Spirit of the Lord has to say is certainly very important. It's, it's not something that we should take uh, lightly, but we should take it very seriously and take notes. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, what uh, the Spirit of the Lord has to say is something that I think we all need to write down, put on paper, and commit to our memory, and just keep these things in mind. Go with me to uh, Psalm chapter 37, Psalm chapter 37, and I'm going to start at verse 23, Psalm 37. Uh, just passed it in my Bible. All right. Psalm 37, we're going to start at verse 23. Psalm chapter 37, 
and we're going to start in verse 23. The word of God reads, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Verse 24, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. Verse 26. He is is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Amen. Amen. Now go with me to, we're going to stay in the same book. We're going to, uh, we're going to stay in the Psalms. This time we're going to go to Psalms chapter 91. Psalm chapter 91. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. And we're going to read all 16 verses. He that dwelleth, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Verse 10, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name." I'm going to stop right there. I want us to, there's two verses remaining, but I really want us to focus on the I wills of this particular passage of Scripture. It's not a maybe, it's an I will. It's not, oh, I'll think about it. No, it's an I will. So the Word of God says, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Hallelujah. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Hallelujah. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. My my brothers and sisters, I, I, I want to focus on the I wills here. And the Lord in this, passage, in this passage of Scripture has made it quite clear, because he had set his love upon me. So in order for us 
to receive these promises, it requires us to do something. It requires us to acknowledge who God is. It requires us to come into full submission to his perfect will. So when we receive this deliverance, it comes, again, it comes out of, it comes because there was something done previous. It says, because he has said his love, because we have acknowledged that God is God and that there is no other and that we follow his ways and not our own because he knows best and we don't at times. We don't know best. We think we know best. But when it comes to the mind of God, when it comes to the ways and thoughts of God, it's, it's like oil and water. We uh, there, there's a scripture that says you, you know there there's a way that seems right unto a man, but th- what appears to be well, I Lord I know that I know that this is the right way to go, but the ways and thoughts of God is not our own, it's not our own beloved. So in our own in our own mind we may think that well yeah I did the right thing. But according to the ways and thoughts of God, it was not the right thing to do. So it is important in order for us to receive deliverance, receive, to receive healing, to receive what God has for us. It, require us, it requires us to follow his example. It requires us to surrender ourselves to him, to say, Lord, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. And if I am to, to be a partaker and these promises, it requires me to do something. It requires me to have to give some things up. And that is the decision that the individual has to make. Some of us are not in a place where we're willing to give up what we have in order to receive and enter into the promises of God. But one thing God is, he is faithful. And his word goes on to say, and when we read in other scriptures, and I'll give you an example in Psalm chapter, same chapter, chapter 91, verses, um, oh, excuse me, excuse me, no, uh, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, there's a scripture that reads, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So, again, we have a mighty army. The word of God just said, just declared to us, there is, the, the word of God just said that there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. For there will be a time that God, in verse 11 of Psalm 91 says, for he shall give his angels, which, which we can't count. It's that many. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. So there are angels who have been assigned to us, who have been assigned to, 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 to God's anointed, to his people to his sons and daughters, that should this take place, should there be a period where you're about to fall off the wagon or you're about to go in this direction, that God will send help. He will send angels. 
lest we dash our foot against the stone. And interestingly enough, Satan had quoted that scripture when Jesus was uh, when, when when Jesus was going through his temptation. So yes, even the adversary knows scripture. But the but the most important thing here, and this is the most important thing I think we should understand, is do we know the scripture? Do we know these promises for ourselves? Do we know that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper? Do we understand that the Lord, the, the creator of heaven and the earth, is watching over our every step, that there are even angels watching over us and learning? Hallelujah. So we, we have to be careful lest we're, who, who we're entertaining because you never know. We could be entertaining angels. So with that said, just to move on, you can find that scripture that I just gave you in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 17. And if you go with me, and we'll stay, we'll, we'll stay in the same book, Isaiah 58, verses 5 and 6, reads interestingly, just to continue forward, there's a scripture that reads, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? This is, a, this is a question. And again, you can find this in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 5 and 6. The question is, is not this the fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to, be, is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? That's another question. Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? The Bible goes on to read in verse 6, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? You know, what's interesting about this particular passage of Scripture is if you read in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 14 through 21, there was a time when a man and his son had approached Jesus. Now, this particular man's son had a demonic spirit. He had a, what, 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 what the father uh, had called, he said, my son is a lunatic that his son would 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 frequently throw himself or would fall into uh, uh, fire and water. So what we're seeing here is, as the father called it, a lunatic spirit, but in essence what we're seeing is a spirit of suicide that was upon this young man. It was a demon spirit that was upon him that was causing him to... to, to, to perform or, or, or to fall into the fire and the water, as the scripture says. And Jesus' disciples, when they came in contact with this young man and they were trying to bring about deliverance, they could not cure him of this demon. They could not cast out this particular demon. Now, the scripture tells us, as Jesus says, because of a lack of faith, they could not do it. There was an issue of faith here. Now go with me, and we'll walk through. Uh, we'll go through this together. We'll go through this together, and you can find this passage of scripture in Matthew's Gospel, chapter seventeen, 
chapter 17. I'll start at verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him, bring him hither to me. Verse 18, And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Verse 21, Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, my brothers and sisters, going back to the initial question, how is it that we can enter into these promises of God? Well, number one, we need faith. We have to believe that God is who he is, who he says that he is. We have to believe the Heavenly Father. We have to believe that the, our Heavenly Father sent his Son to die on a cross for our sins. We have to believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. We have to believe in the power that God has displayed in Scripture, who, had, who he has shown us on paper. He has shown us the demonstrations of his love. And the greatest demonstration is his son, Jesus Christ. We, as we read in John 3.16, this is a demonstration. If we know anything about love, love is not just what you say. Many people say, I love you. But we have to also understand that love is a verb, meaning it is an action word. It is not just what it says, but what it does. And this is what we have seen here. And in order for us to enter into these promises, we must enter into this walk of faith, this walk where we're not saying, oh, you know, I, I don't understand this Trinitarian type of belief system uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It is beyond uh, human rationale. And I'll agree with that. It is beyond human understanding, it is a and, and it is a mystery. But interestingly enough, that's where much of our church doctrine has come from. It has come from heresy, meaning, heresy meaning, and I'll give you a definition regarding this, heresy is the ability to explain or resolve the mysteries of our faith. It is the ability or it is what people do. It is something that people try to do. It is something that they, they, they try to explain or resolve matters that concern the kingdom, matters which are mysterious in nature, mysteries concerning our faith, things that the human mind can't comprehend. And there are many people who dismiss this teaching because they can't comprehend it. It doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't add up. So therefore, 
because it doesn't add up, because they don't understand it, it can't be. There's no way this could be. There's no way there could be a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, and, and wait a minute. If you say that you're a monotheist, wait a minute. You, but you said to me you believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's three gods. That sounds like polytheism. And not to get too far off track here, this is why, again, as I shared with you earlier, it is important that we believe by faith. And the only way we can get to this place, the only way we can come to this type of understanding is that, number one, we must have an encounter. In order for these promises of God to become a reality in our own life, we must make the Bible a study. We must ask for spiritual understanding. We must ask the Lord, there are things I don't understand concerning this book, these mysteries. I don't get it. But, Lord, will, will you reveal your book to me in a dream? I, I, I've, I've read it. I've read it from Genesis to Revelation, but I'm still not understanding it. It's still just a book to me. If you want this book, my brothers and sisters, to, to become life to you, if you want these, the, the, the pages of the Holy Bible to be, to, to be real to you, to come to life to you, then you must ask God for spiritual understanding because that, is, that in essence, is, is what you're getting yourself involved in here. You're getting yourself involved. You're, you're, you're reading something which is spirit. The, the finite mind, the natural mind cannot comprehend these things. That's why it's a mystery, and that's why many people have tried to explain away. They've applied their own human understanding to this, and you will never be able to understand it until you ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to bring clarity to what's been written. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. So I gave you the scripture here with regards to this particular uh, uh, area of deliverance. These demons cannot be cast out. This particular demon could not be cast out of the young boy unless there was prayer and fasting. So as you see, the disciples were sent forth. It's not that they didn't have the power of God, but what they lacked was the faith that they could actually cast the demon out. There was something, there was an issue regarding them believing that they could actually do it. Now, maybe there was a tarrying involved. Maybe they tried to cast the demon out, but, the de but it was a stubborn demon. They, 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 couldn't, they, they, they couldn't quite have, get the demon to manifest and to leave the boy. So therefore, they probably left in frustration, saying, oh, wow, you know, we, we couldn't cast out the demon, you know. Yeah, but as Jesus says, we must have faith that we can do it. It's one thing to have the power. It's another thing to activate that power. What, activated, what activates that power is the faith, is the belief system that it can be done. If you tell that mountain be removed, and you say, mm, that's a mountain, boy, you know, when, and when we talk about mountain, uh, let, let, let's look at it as a circumstance. Let's look at that mountain as, let's say, drug addiction. Let's say let, let let's look at that mountain as fear, as uh, alcoholism, or suicidal thoughts. These are mountains for some people. Some people are struggling even in their finances. They can't seem to get their lives in order. 
You know, they take one step forward, three steps back. They can't seem to really move forward. It, it, sometimes they make uh, 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 temporary uh, steps forward, but then they slide right back into the abyss. These are mountains that are put in our way to discourage us, to, to get us to quit, to get us to, to, to eventually destroy ourselves. And this is why Jesus says, if you want this particular mountain to move, it's going to require you to go to another level in your worship. It is going to require you to go to another level in your understanding in the things of God. He's, basically, he's saying, being that they were in their infancy in the area of deliverance, he was saying this particular demon is stubborn. This particular one, you're going to have to go to another level in order to see the manifestation. So that, that was the message of Jesus Christ to his disciples at that particular point in time. Uh, now, it is approximately 7.31 p.m., and I would like to uh, take the time to open up the phone lines for any uh, questions or comments, or if there's anyone who's on the need or who's in need of prayer tonight, uh, please by all means uh, uh, announce who you are. And if you don't want to uh, give me your name, that's fine. Uh, you can remain anonymous. But again, at this time, I would like to uh, once again open up the phone lines for any questions or comments. Caller, you're on the air. God bless you. Hey, God bless you, man of God. Uh, God bless you, woman of God. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I do have a question for you. Um, being that we are believers and um, the promises of God are for the believers, um, why is it that these promises are not manifested in our lives. Now, I know that God is not a man that he should lie. He was not a man he should repent. He's not slack concerning his promises. Uh, you know, he's the same today, yesterday, forevermore. So God, uh, God's word, it's immutable. It's unchangeable. Uh, the same promises that he has given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those are the same promises that we can uh, inherit today. Um, that's actually given to us also um, by Jesus Christ and him purchasing our salvation. Uh, and so those promises that Jesus has spoken and God has spoken in the Old Testament, those promises are applicable to us today. But why is it that um, these promises are not being fulfilled in the life of a believer, but yet we see the wicked obtaining uh, the good of the land. We're seeing those who are of different belief systems or those that are wicked uh, are actually applying the principles that's within the Bible, uh, mm. and it's working for them. But why is it not working for the believers? That's my question to you. Hey, Amen. That's a great question. Thank you so much for for joining us tonight, woman of God. Yes, that's a very good question. I was going to bring that up a little bit later. Uh, because I'm sure there are some believers out there who who are not seeing the promises of God applied. Now, we need to examine that. Uh, when it comes to the wicked, when we see the wicked, uh, when we say wicked, uh, we're talking about people who are not God-honoring people. These are not people who who uh, uh, 
do not fear the God, when I say fear or show reverence towards the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Uh, in many cases, uh, their belly is their God, their money is their God, uh, uh, their their job is their God, and uh, or, or maybe their own uh, their their intelligence is their God. Um, and for those individuals, they have their reward already. So, as far as the wicked go, and those people who 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 long for money, and 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 that is that has become their God, then they have their reward. But as far as the believers go, why aren't we seeing the promises of God? Then we need to examine that. Uh, is is this demonically orchestrated? Is there something in the spirit realm that is keeping the promise? But, Lord, you're, these are your promises. You mean Satan can hold your Well, what is it in us? What is going on within, within us that is keeping these promises from coming to fruition? You know, there are, you know, a lot of us think, well, wait a minute, but you're a believer. Uh, you mean you could be demon oppressed? I mean, for example, I'll give you an example. Let's say you have believers who who are in need of uh, a job. You have a believer who wants to get married. You have a believer who, who wants to advance in the things of God. Uh, but yet you have people who are holding you back. Uh, well, let's be very honest. We our warfare, as Scripture tells us, is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of wickedness that do not want us to move forward in the things of God, that want to frustrate us, that want to bring about a mindset that in some way what we know to be true Mm, is not happening. Lord, what is going on? Is not your word true? Are you a man that you should lie? Is the Bible a joke? Is this nothing more than words written by men? We must begin to apply. The woman of God says something, applying the principles. Uh, and it's amazing how those who are not believers will, yes, apply the principles that, yes, Lord, I will sow towards this particular thing. What are we doing as far as praying and fasting and saying, Lord, I, I'm going to sow into your kingdom? And I'm not just talking about dollars and cents here. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about rendering your life. I'm talking about giving yourself as a sacrifice, which is why, as I read earlier, with regards to fasting, with regards to the affliction of your soul, how much do you want to see this particular thing come to fruition? Is it about you? Am I, if I receive this particular thing, am I going to exalt myself instead of exalting God? God knows all things. He knows everything about us. He knows everything. Look, if I, look, if I bless you in this particular area, are you going to forget about me? Are you going to continue to pray and fast and worship me? And some of us, you know, we, we say, but Lord, I asked for this and you haven't given it to me, you know, because a lot of us, our heart is not right. We're not ready for, 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 what, for what the Lord has for us. A lot of us are not ready to enter into his promised land. Why? Because we're still 
stuck in Egypt, many of us. We're still stuck in our own ways. We're selfish. We, we, we have agendas. Until we enter into this place of, of kingdom mindset, of complete surrendering to the will of God, that, Lord, this is what I need, not what I want. A lot of, a lot of us, we want things. I understand that. Material things. I don't want to demonize material things. But what is the purpose of having material things? Is my purpose for wanting material things to boast in my material things? Are my material things going to replace the God that I serve? So we must examine ourselves. We must examine our motives. We must examine our agendas. If you want to come into the promises of God, we must have a kingdom mindset. Lord, is there anything in me? Are there any gateways? Are there any portals in me that Satan is using to hinder my blessing, to block my blessing? Is there anything that is within me? Lord, expose it. There's a reason why there's a delay. Lord, I want to get married. Lord, I want to. There, there are women and men out there who who are single and who have been single for a long time, and 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 they and they want to get married. And he says, Lord, I I I I, I want a husband. I want a wife. And 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 they're still lonely. And they're watching uh, uh, other brothers and sisters in Christ, and maybe not in the, and maybe some not in the body as well, getting married and having a family and having children. And even flourishing in the midst of that. And they're saying, but Lord, why am I still stuck in singleness? Why? And let's ask that question. Maybe the Lord is working on us. Maybe he's doing something. Maybe maybe there's someone praying against us getting married. Let's look at that as well. Maybe there's someone out there who doesn't want us to get married. So, Lord, if there's anyone who is who is speaking against me moving forward. If there's anyone who is speaking against it, Lord, I cancel and I dismantle that assignment, that evil spoken against my life, against my finances, against my purpose, against my destiny, against who you have called me to be. In the name of Jesus, we must begin to examine this in the physical and also examine it in the spiritual. Why is it that I, as a believer, wait a minute, I, I mean, I have God on my side. I have angels that will <laughs> that will defend me. How is it that I'm still stuck in poverty? Why is that? Why is that? Is this of God? And, and this is where, again, as believers, we have to begin to examine what is going on in the natural. Is this something I'm not doing? Or is there something in the spirit realm? that's going on that is keeping me bound to a certain mindset. And, and, and I hope, woman of God, I, I certainly hope I uh, answered your question. So it could be something that we're doing or it's maybe something, a, a gateway or a portal that we have that the enemy is using, or perhaps uh, there's just something in us that, 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 is, uh, uh, that, that we need uh, help with. You know, maybe we talk about moving forward, but, you know, we don't, move forward in terms of our planning, in terms of our execution of certain things. Okay, well, you need an assignment? Okay, well, well put your resume together. Get out there and do the work. Uh, uh, so sometimes, you know, when we, we say, but Lord, you said you, but your word says you will never leave me nor forsake me, you know, and also, wait a minute, but uh, David, King David said that he has not seen the righteous forsaken nor, nor your descendants begging bread. 
But yet we have to understand that these blessings just, they don't fall from the sky. There's something that needs to be done. There's something that we need to do. There's something that, wait a minute, this has been going on for too long now. And not only that, this is something that uh, my mother has gone through, my father has gone through, and, and her mother. And if it's generational, then this is something that we need to really uh, look at, and we need to pray, and we need to fast, and we need to, to, to cast out these, these uh, generational cursed demons, so on and so forth. So, uh, woman of God, I hope I answered your question uh, with regards to uh, uh, what you had shared. Uh, amen. Um, I just want to interject something else as well, if you don't mind. Amen. Sure. Yeah, I want to just share that a lot of times I I believe it's more so when it comes to our the promises that God has for us that it requires for us to be active participants uh, when it comes to the promises. Promises requires partnership. Yes, That's yes, right. Yes. The Bible says whatever you bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Because we have that dual citizenship, it requires a partnership, right? right. And then unless, the, 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 unless God, uh, uh, unless we provoke the hands of God, the promises won't be released. Hmm. And we provoke the hands of God in our obedience through prayer, through fasting, to seeking the face of God, and when you continue to provoke, I'm using the word provoke because oftentimes people, I believe, just go to God casually, and then they expect a tremendous blessing, right? And of the tremendous promises with a casual type of prayer, and and so I'm using the word provoke. Because when you, when you go before God with the spirit of provocation, holy provocation, when you no. go before God with the spirit of radicalism, and yeah. you're saying, God, I am seeking you for these promises. Uh, I'm seeking your faith. And when you take that approach with your faith and belief system, believing that whatever God has promised for you, amen, that that is going to come to fruition. So it's really a belief system. The reason why I brought this up, because a lot of times I see those individuals who practice uh, occultism, the witchcraft, dark arts, and things of that nature, uh, the satanic kingdom we know emulates or likes to mimic uh, the things of God, the kingdom of God. And so a lot of times a lot of these agents of Satan or even those who are not agents of Satan but they look at the word of God and they believe. And the moment they believe, they believe so strongly that it begins to activate these promises. You know why? Because a lot of times, even though they may not be sons and daughters of God, the, 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 the word is always active. Mm, and I hope you make this up. The word is always yeah. active. So the moment you attach yourself and apply that wisdom, it's still active because belief is attached to the active world, right? And so what begins to happen is that a lot of times they use what's scripture and they begin to manipulate it. And oftentimes it works for them even though it's not sourced 
from originally is originally it's sourced from the kingdom of God, but when they apply the principle, they it's activated and, and then they use it by demonic means. But it's the principle that's applied through faith and belief system. And I think that's what happens with a lot of believers is that their blessings is either hijacked, is is, is held hostage, is is held up in the realm of the spirit. Because of the belief, and they don't contend for those promises. And and, and why am I saying that? I'm also reminded of the scripture with Daniel, where Daniel, when when Daniel was praying and, and asking God and and praying unto God, guess what? Michael Archangel had to contend with contend. those principalities, right? right? Because uh, because. You find that a lot of times a lot of our blessings are held hostage. And that's why I said we have to provoke the, the realm of the spirit and begin to ask God, God, sanction your angels on assignment. Let there be angelic trafficking in my life where angels are transporting my blessings to me, where angels, the angels of the Lord is now is, is sending and delivering my blessings to me because it's being held up. And when we begin to take that approach and not be so casual about our Christianity, then you will see the promises of God on life, but it's our belief. And that's why they could not cast out demons. He said, oh, ye of little faith. And mm. it's one thing to walk with Jesus, but it's another thing to believe in what you're, what you're walking. That's right. Some, some walk, but some don't believe what they're walking. Mm. And so they could not cast out those demons. They could not access certain things. So this is why Jesus at the time had called them little children, because they had not gotten to a certain level of maturation. But it was not until the Holy Spirit had come upon them, then they were no longer considered as little children or disciples, but they, they became apostles. And notice, even when Jesus left them, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to take too much of time. When Jesus left them, when Jesus left them, they were able to cast out demons. They were able to lay hands and, uh, and, and heal the sick and they were recover. All these things began to follow them. The signs began to follow them. The promises began to follow them because they were endued with the power from on high. Because they now their faith system, their faith belief was so much mature that now they were able to begin to operate in that capacity. So I believe there's several dynamics, our faith system, our belief, our obedience to God, all these things play major factors. And so that's all I want to say in closing, man of God. Woman of God, thank you so much for that. There was two words you have you, you mentioned now. I was just writing them down. You mentioned partnership and you mentioned provoking God. What you're saying is actually what God actually said in Second Chronicles, and this is what he requires. So this is not something that, uh, so you use the correct word. Uh, the word, uh, the word of God reads in Second Chronicles 7:14, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then he will what? He says, "Then I will hear from heaven." So you're provoking through, through your actions, through your, through your humility, through your praying through your seeking, through your turning from your wickedness, then these are the instruments that God says, mm, okay, you got my attention now. I, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will hear their, heal their land. So, yes, absolutely. We have been mandated. We are to provoke. We are to say, okay, but what invokes, it's not just 
words. It is actions. It is showing God. It is through our commitment, through seeking him, through praying, through fasting, through turning from our wickedness and turning to him. These are the things he understands. And with regards to, you know, the kingdom of God, and it's true, you know, the kingdom of God says, and the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's a lot of people that, that, that really... Not many people believe that, oh, these demons and casting out demons and and these sort of things. It's, it's scary talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people are very ignorant to things concerning kingdom of heaven and the spirit realm. And when you start talking about, oh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence, take it by, it, it, when you start talking like that, it shifts their thinking to warfare. But until they understand that this is what it is, that we are in a war. Until you understand that this is not a passive, as you say, a lay-me-down-to-sleep type of faith system, it is anything but that. It is a warfare type of a thing. And this is why God had mentioned he will send angels to defend us should we need it. And, and I think once we begin to shift our thinking from – just church and okay well i'll go to church on sunday this is and, and i'm not diminishing our church attendance but a lot of us are really ignorant to spiritual warfare and what these demons and what the spirit realm does and a lot of us just want to keep it very basic very surface and we don't want to learn more about the things of the spirit realm and thank you so much, woman of God, for bringing that up. And uh, it, is, it is approximately 7.52 p.m. And uh, I have about eight minutes left on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. If there's anyone else who would like any clo- a closing comment or, or question, uh, now's the time to do it. Call you're on the air. Yes, uh, man not, of God, thank you. God bless you. Thank you, man of God. Yes, Thank I you. was just listening. Yeah, I was just uh, uh, enjoying it. Yeah, one of the things I like to say is uh, many of us have problems. Uh, maybe uh, because naturally we were born into sin, and in sin we were conceived. So, man is we are born into problems. Amen. And one of the reasons is also because we are on a journey. We are not living here permanently. This is not our permanent stay. This is temporary. Amen. And, and as we journey on, we we are bound to meet some lions, some bears, some bad stuff on the way. Why? Because we are on a journey. And they attend, mm. the, 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 the idea is for them to distract us and make us not focus, uh, focus on where we are going mm. so that they will derail us because we are on a journey. But the Lord has 
admonish us that in this world we will have a tribulation. So there is guarantee. So each one will have his own share. It might not be today, it might be tomorrow, and there are a couple of there might be people listening to us now. They are probably in the situation. But where there are some people who are just coming out. And coming out doesn't mean we will not be entering another one or we are immune. So we are we are full of challenges. The world is yes. full of challenges. It could right. be somebody like you like you said before, somebody might be having challenges of financial difficulty, some might be uh sickness, some might be maybe they cannot conceive, some of them might be just little, little stupid stuff like that, but creating huge mountains, obstacles that we are not able to move ahead. So, and I thank God that you are hitting it, uh, making it a deep dive on it, and it's our joy that we will receive what you are saying. God bless you, man of God. Thank you. God bless, God bless you, man of God, and thank you so much for for your feedback and your sharing. It's uh, much appreciated. Uh, it's uh, 7.56 p.m., so I want to close on this note. Uh, the Word of God says in Genesis, and the man of God was talking about a journey, and uh, many of us are on this journey. Uh, Abraham was on a journey. Um, in Genesis chapter 12, the Word of God tells us, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, Abram, who later became, his name was changed to Abraham, the father of many nations, he was in a predicament there. Now, he was in a place of comfortability. He was in his father's house. Now, for the Lord to tell him to leave a place of familiarity, to leave a place of comfortability, to go on this journey into this, into this promised land, uh, that was a huge step. Nevertheless, he did so. And he took this step. He believed God. In fact, the scriptures tell us that in, in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, that, that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So, my brothers and sisters, I'm bringing this up for, for a reason, that this journey that we're on, there's going to come a time in our life where the Lord is going to give us an instruction. He's going to ask us to do something, to come out of a comfort zone, to come out of a place where, where we're hesitant to move from. And he's going to require us to do some things, and he's going to challenge our faith. He's going to say, if you say you love me, but I'm going to ask you to do something that is beyond you. And we're going to have to trust him, and we're going to have to step out on faith and trust God and say, Lord, I don't know where this is going, but, Lord, you said in your word, and I'm holding you to your word, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. So this is where, again, going back to the promises of God comes into play. 
we must now transcend from the natural to the supernatural. We must transcend to a mind that, that, that is beyond a confinement to now a territory. So now, because this is what our ministry is about. It is about taking territories. It is about regions, territories, taking the kingdom by force. The kingdom of God suffer violence. This is what the scripture is telling us, that we are in a war. And until we, as believers, begin to think outside the four walls, and come out of those comfort zones and start to say that we must bring this gospel, this gospel of Jesus Christ to every region, every territory. We must take this gospel around the globe, not just within a church. We're ministering to one another. We're edifying saints when we should be out there preaching the gospel to the lost. That's what Jesus did. That is his ministry. We must follow this example. I don't want to do too much talking here. Uh, and thank you very much, Dr. Ganey, uh, uh, for that message. I appreciate that. Um, I want to say this at now 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that this is what we are called to do. This promise of God, Abraham, God had made Abraham a promise. He says, if you, he said, if you, I will bless those. If you leave your father's house, there will be some things that will take place. And no matter how difficult it is for us to leave that comfort zone, if you believe God, he has called us to do it. And I know fear kicks in, but Lord, if I do this, Lord, uh, uh, there, there's going to be consequences. Sure, the Lord knows that. He understands everything. He understands our fears. He understands our concerns. But if we trust him, if we care about advancing the kingdom, he's going to require us to do some things to come out, of, again, out of that comfort zone and now enter into places that we never even thought possible. So in order for us to, as the woman of God was saying, in order for us to get to this place of activation, it's going to require us to, number one, to have faith that God says who he says that he is, having faith in him. We must trust that he will establish deliverance on his time, that he will guide us through the process if we trust him. He, what does he also require? He requires holiness because he's holy. He requires us to live righteous lifestyles. He requires us to submit to his perfect will. He requires us, as I read earlier in Second Chronicles 7.14, to turn from our wicked ways. So this, these promises that God has made requires us to do something. This doesn't come cheap. It doesn't come free. It requires us to make sacrifices. And no matter how, as the woman of God was saying, uh, as Jesus was talking to uh, his disciples, there was a point or a period where they were called children. And as the woman of God was saying, because that was, the, that was where they're at in terms of their level of spiritual maturity. 
They had not yet become sons and daughters yet. They were still children. They were still in their infancy stage, as she said. They were still in their growing process. That's why Jesus had to intervene and, and cast the demon out of the little boy because he said, mm, you're, you're still in your infancy. You're, you're still in uh, uh, grade school. You're still in your process yet, but I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I'm going to walk you through this process. But there's going to come a point in time when I'm going to leave you. And the Holy Spirit will descend. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring into remembrance the teachings. The Holy Spirit is going to edify you, empower you, and give you the power that you need to do kingdom work. So my brothers and sisters, this is not about just sitting in church, okay, uh, 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 hearing a man of God, a woman of God, minister the word of God. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, it, this goes beyond tithes and offerings. This goes beyond just daily perfect church attendance. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm not denouncing church attendance. What I am denouncing is us not moving into our God-given destiny and purpose what I am against is individuals who want to keep us sitting in a seat looking at the back of one another's head. Those are the individuals who I have an, who I have an issue with. Do these individuals who are in church leadership, are they equipping the saints? Are they empowering the saints? And when I say equipping and empowering, are they instructing them, giving them the necessary tools to go out and preach the gospel? Or are we just sitting and gathering information but never really utilizing it? This, this scares me. If, if this is the state that the, 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 the 21st century church is in, then Satan has nothing to fear. He, he doesn't have anything to fear. Why? Because we're not out there preaching the gospel, casting out demons, healing the sick. There's no demonstration of power. So therefore, if we're only in church and there's no outward demonstration of the power, then as I said before, and I stand by what I'm saying, Satan has nothing to fear. He has nothing to fear because there's no demonstration of God. There's no demonstration of his power. But I thank God, thank God, thank God for those men and women servants who are out there, who are casting out demons, who are in Satan, who are in regions, regions where witchcraft is heavy, where we have, where, 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 where there are sorcerers, where there are priests, demonic priests who are conducting operations. And these men and women servants of the Most High are going into these regions, not, at, not in their own strength. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going into these territories, these regions, to tear down these demonic principalities. God bless them. We need to pray for them. We need to fast for them. We need to pray their strength. We need to pray over their minds. We need to pray that, Lord, they would not grow weary, Lord. That, Lord, even you would send angels to lift them up, Lord, lest they get weary, Lord, in their doing. Lord, we need, these are the men and women who we need to lift up, who are out there casting out demons and doing the work. Doing the work, going into all the going into all the world, and preaching the gospel. But this is something I'm very passionate about, and I know I sound very passionate about this particular thing. But my brothers and sisters, in closing, the promises of God are real. The promises of God are real. It is time for us to 
activate and to move into these promises. As the woman of God had said, and uh, as the scripture says, that, you know, God is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is the word of God. That is the word of God. That is the very heart of God. And he is not slack. And if you think that he is, you're going to be seriously mistaken in time. You're going to be in a world of hurt if you think this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is slack. So he is, he, he, he is imploring. He is, he, he is commanding his people. He's telling his people, please, before, before my son comes, before the arrival of Jesus, before his second coming, we need to get this thing right. We need to get out there and do the work that we're called to do. We need to get out there and do the work that Jesus Christ has told us to do. And, and get out of this comfort zone. Now, I know I'm only on the air for one hour. Is approximately 8.07 p.m. And I want to conclude there. I want to thank uh, Dr. Agbomo for his sharing. Thank you, Doctor. I'd like to thank the woman of God as well for her sharing. I'd like to thank Dr. Ghani and her husband for Kingdom Empowerment Radio and, 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 and their uh, uh, sacrifice and commitment to advancing the kingdom of God. Beloved, it, it it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to, to think that we can sit in a place and sit on our gifts, sit on our sit on our anointing and think it's okay. It's enough. It's enough. It's not enough. There are people who are dying right now. There are people who are looking for hope. How could we just sit on the anointing that God has given us and not go out there and do the work that is required of us? Because I, I'm as sure as we're having this conversation, there will come a time when the Lord will ask us, what did we do with the talent? What did we do with that anointing? What did we do with those gifts? I ordained you, my prophet. I ordained you, my apostle. I chose you as one of my teachers, a pastor, evangelist. This is what I called you to do. But you didn't do the work. When we're standing before God in judgment, what are we going to say on that day? I ordained you, my son, my daughter, my child, from the womb. And you didn't do the work. You gloried in your anointing. You gloried in, in who, yeah, th this is the word you received concerning your calling. You gloried in it, but you didn't do the work. And not only that, your heart wasn't right. And then you have those that are doing the work, and your heart is not right before God. So they're casting out demons and healing the sick, but they're sick themselves. Their heart is sick. Their mind is sick. 
Their agenda is, they, they think they're doing the right thing, but it, there's selfish ambition. It's all about them. It's not about kingdom. God help us. God help us. My brothers and sisters, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm your host every second and fourth Monday of each month here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. It has been a pleasure being with you again and preach the gospel. Don't sit on your anointing. Don't sit on your gifts. Do what Jesus has told us to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's work to be done. If you don't know what you're called to do, you get on your face before God. If you can't kneel down, you, you do whatever you need to stand up, go before God and say, Lord, what is it that you have? What is it that you have put my hands to do? I know what I'm doing here on earth, but Lord, what have you called me to do for your kingdom? Do not die having not discovered that. I'm going to say that again. Do not die having not discovered what God has called you to do. Don't sit on this thing. It's a serious business. There are people out there who need you. There are people out there who need to hear. There are people out there that need hope. Don't deprive them. If there's any additional questions or comments, please feel free to email me at this time. I can be reached at pkwgraves at gmail.com. Again, that's pkwgraves at gmail.com. And again, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves uh, signing off for this uh, segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. It has been a pleasure being with you tonight. And I thank, again, um, the woman of God and also the man of God uh, who shared tonight. Thank you, Dr. Ganny, and thank you, Mr. Ganny, uh, for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. God be with you. God bless you. For all of those who who, uh, who did not uh, uh, call in or who just want to listen, God bless you. I hope this uh, message was a blessing to you. And again, move forward. Do the work that Christ has called you to do. God bless you. And I pray that this uh, message was a blessing to you. Have a good night and God bless. Bye.